Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Okay, um, I did a bunch of batch recording for the podcast and had all these amazing interviews and I haven't done a lot of um, interviewing lately, or I don't really interview. I haven't done a lot of podcast conversations lately. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Welcome to the show. Um, listeners, I have um, a, someone here, her name is Priya and we were just trying to remember how we met somehow through the coach world, probably through a mutual mentor. Um, and our work is both very similar and very different. And she uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I think we, I think that, right? Like, I think we have some things we could talk about together. And I was like, let's do it. I'm all in. So I will let you introduce yourself. And then um, we'll just take it from there. It'll be perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Priya Ferry, and I am a confidence coach for female coaches. I'm also a trained homeopath and big time kombucha lover and holistic girl. <laughs> um, and yeah, I reached out to you because I, I felt like I there's a story in me that needed to be heard and that maybe your listeners might might benefit from. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love that. I feel like, A, it's courageous to be ready to tell your story, no matter what your story is online or, you know, on ear, on podcast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing because this is what we're not hearing enough of is all the different flavors of women's reproductive experience. And I feel like that's what you can add to our conversation today and how all of it is just this experience of being human and the added layers of being human with a womb and reproductive hormones and their what seem like sometimes minds of their own, right? And these journeys that we find ourselves on that we weren't anticipating and how we handle them. So why don't you share your story and we'll just talk about it. So share all the parts you want to, and then I'll ask you some questions after. Yeah, so um, I wanted to share this story because um, this is how I found coaching. So I was diagnosed with um, cancer treatment induced infertility mm -hmm. um, at the age of 34. And um, infertility was a tough time. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots of grief mm -hmm. and lots of shame. And for years, I could not actually talk about it. So I'm so proud of myself for being here. <laughs> And um, during that time is when I was introduced to coaching. So my first coach was actually a fertility coach mm. who, ch who changed my life. Wow. And from there on, I realized I want to be a coach. Mm. But 
I had been living in very disempowering ways mm -hmm. and infertility really became this mirror that showed me in all the powerlessness that I was living in, all the shame and all the talking myself out of my dreams. Yeah. And so when I wanted to launch my coaching business, all of that stuff showed up for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't launch. I, I couldn't launch. I was hiding. I would post nice quotes. I wouldn't make offers. And uh, so I had to go through my own process, my own self-healing journey of finding my voice, feeling confident to show up powerfully. And that's kind of the work that I help women do now as well. I love that because, you know, here you are wanting to talk about confidence and things unrelated to the shame and the grief that you experienced. And I think a lot of times we think we can box away those times, box away that discomfort, move past it, move around it. Yeah. And I love the way you described it as a mirror. Um, I always say it's like for, for my listeners, abortion is our door. It's like the door that right. we walk through to face the layers of shame and grief. I, actually, I think just today, the day that we're recording on Instagram, um, I had a post that was like, it's not just your abortion that you're mm -hmm. feeling, right? That's just stirring up layers of shame yes. and grief and um, lack of confidence and self-doubt self and insecurities. Um, but yeah, whether you describe it as a mirror or a door, um, these two seemingly different and some might describe as opposite reproductive health challenges are so related. So related. I mean, I think it's the stuff that they bring up, right? And what, what I noticed was the stuff that was coming up had been there for a long time. Yeah. It's just that now I was facing it and I was seeing what I had been thinking and what things I had been believing about myself. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you that. Are there any thoughts that you remember identifying that you had about your body when you faced your infertility, infertility that then you also had about your business as you were trying to launch yourself into the world? Like, there yeah. any that really stick out for you? Yeah, I think during infertility, I had this belief that my body was broken. Yes. Right, because I can't do what I wanted to do and on my timeline wow. um, and the exactly the way I want. And it's the exact same thing in the coaching business. You know, I want the clients exactly on my timeline and I want to be a success exactly on my timeline. And if I can't produce it, then something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. <laughs> something's wrong with me. Right. It's working for other people. Other people are getting pregnant. Other people are getting pregnant when they don't even want to. Other yeah. people are making six figures. Other people have a client. So yeah. it must be me. I must be broken. Right. And so we always say in coach world, like, well, I do in my coach world. I don't know if you do, <laughs> but like how we do one thing is how we do every, like everything. And this is a great example. Like if we believe that we're broken and something's wrong with us or we don't fit in or we're all alone, um, everything in we, it, that we do in our lives will be sort of 
like filtered through that. Like you can't run away from those thoughts. So infertility and abortion are places to explore them. Yeah. And another thing that, you know, in during infertility was a lot of isolation. And, you know, I really, I feel like I put myself there because I walled myself off. And that was, that has been like the biggest learning taking it into my coaching practice is that I don't want to do it alone. Thank you very much. Mm. I can get support when I need it. And I have zero shame about getting support. You know, and I, I think as women, we have this, this idea that we're supposed to be super women yeah. and that something's wrong with us if we need help. Right. And again, the same for our, it's so funny because it's like, we're supposed to just be fertile. That's just supposed to, how it's supposed to work. And we're supposed to get pregnant when we want to get pregnant. Yeah. And for my listeners, it's like, I wasn't supposed to get pregnant. That's not how it was supposed to work. I was supposed to be in control of my body. I didn't, that's not what was supposed to happen. And so all of it is this resisting reality, right? It's like resisting the reality that you're in that's causing you discomfort. Yeah. And resisting the the feelings that are coming up. Like, you know, and as coaches, we're so skilled at just talking ourselves out of our feelings. Like we just self-coach ourselves out of them. But, you know, sometimes you just have to sit with the feeling. Yeah. Have to Do you sit have favorite the... tools for, for that, for sitting with the feelings? Um, well, my brain likes to be in my, you know, action line all the time. So I stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I bring myself out of the A line and just like B. So whether it's like sitting under a tree in the park in the sunlight, just journaling or just meditating. Um, Sometimes I just lay on my yoga mat and just meditate with a blanket on. I don't even do yoga. I just meditate. Yeah. This happened to me yesterday, actually. I, um, I was feeling really disappointed and sad and I noticed how hard I was trying to run away from it. I was like, And I took all those thoughts that, that this, these thoughts about, you know, it must be me, something must be wrong with me. Let me like action my way to a better me Yeah. (laughs) instead of just feeling how sad I felt. And as soon as I was willing to do that, I just like, you know, that feeling feels like somebody's squeezing your heart. And I just started to pay attention. Like what is going on in my body? What is this feeling that I'm afraid of? Can I just feel it and be okay? Yeah. You know, and, and comfort yourself. Like you can comfort yourself through that. Yeah. Like, you know, put a hand on your heart or hand on your belly. Like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel this way. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And I, and I was catching myself going like, okay, is it over yet? Did I, did I feel enough? (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the questions I was going to ask you you must hear that when you're walking other people through this like well how long do I have to feel it and that's what I remember yesterday I'm like okay how how long exactly do I have to feel this (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's like you're having a thought right now you're out of the feeling and now you're thinking about it yeah right is it ever gonna go away am I ever gonna feel better um 
And those are the feelings we feel in infertility and abortion, right? Like, will I ever fit in again? Will I ever be like the other, the other people? Um, am I going to be like this forever? Is this breaking me? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one of the, the biggest shifts that the first fertility coach that I hired gave me, because I had such a belief that my body was broken from the cancer treatment. Yeah. You know, and this is before I was introduced to, before I became a coach. And she said, what if your body is perfect as it is? And I mean, that just changed me so profoundly because I'd never considered that even though my body has experienced a tough time, I can still look at it as this perfect thing. And not perfect, you know, perfection is not a thing, but, but that it is sacred and it is whole. Mm-hmm. It's not broken. And did you, did that shift things for you right away? Just hearing, just, I like to say a lot, like sometimes we just need permission and perspective, right? It's like, I just need permission to believe that I'm okay as I am. And I need that perspective shift to be like, well, maybe I'm not broken. Do you remember it shifting right away or were you resistant at first? Like, no, that's impossible. I can't be, this can't be right. Yeah, no, I think for me, it was like someone, I had been thirsty and someone gave me water and my body just had this sigh of relief. Like, thank you. Now I don't have to consider all of the things that are wrong with me. Right. And I can just be okay with how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but, but it did, like, it took months for me to really like embrace that. I felt like that water was just feeding my thirst that was so old. Right, right. Yeah, because it's a deep, deep thought pattern. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can, it's like, um, in my world, we always talk about like trying on the thought, like trying on clothes almost, right? So you try on the thought, you're like, this feels amazing. I feel so good in this thought. Yeah. Kind of like when you go to put on something new or different in a store, literally like come to fashion, right? Like you put on a cute dress, but it's not really what you're used to walking out of the house in. And you feel amazing when you look in the mirror and then you bring it home and put it on. You're like, am I brave enough to actually wear this? (laughs) Am I brave enough to actually think this thought more than just that time? It felt so good with my coach. Yeah. And that's why we need practice. Right. And um, that's the, I think that's the tricky part with us coaches is because we find the new thought and then we think like, that's it. Now I've done the model. I've done the coaching and I'm, I'm done, done the feeling I'm good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's practicing that, that new thought and living it and feeling it in your body right. that reinforces it. Yeah. Um, I did a workshop yesterday. We were, we were talking more about pain than discomfort, but I think too, like the better you get at knowing your body, you can know, you know, am I uncomfortable because this is not a safe thought for me or am I uncomfortable because I'm just not used to thinking like this about myself? And so it's still uncomfortable either way. Yeah. Just recognizing like, is this good discomfort or bad discomfort? Yeah. 
And that's when we, when we are introduced to those new thoughts, they can be kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, you know, in my practice, I talk about, you know, I talk a lot about owning your brilliance. And so when you've had like a life of self-doubt and listening to that voice of self-doubt, owning your brilliance feels very uncomfortable. Oh, right. It's like, who are you, who are you calling brilliant? Me? No, I'm not brilliant. What are you talking about? (laughs) But it's like, but that like practicing that thought that yes, I have value. I do have something to offer. I do have something to share. Like my voice matters. You know, so it's the same idea, like the, the, the thoughts are uncomfortable, but yeah. then you, pra- you practice them. Yeah. yeah. And then you start standing up a little straighter and introducing yourself to new people and expressing yeah. thoughts that you have and being willing to mess up, I think, yeah. right? Like part of owning your brilliance um, or owning your light, or I always say own your abortion, right? Like just right. own it. Like, this is a part of my story. Um, part of owning it is just owning all of it. All, yeah. of, all the humanness of it. Exactly. Like, we're not, we're not robots, you know? Right. Like, and, and this is a, we're strong, but we're also fragile. So owning all of you, owning your choices and owning your decisions and forgiving yourself if you feel like, you didn't make the right choice or the right decision. Yes. You know? Yeah, I say a lot that it's it's okay to regret your choices. It's okay. If you want to keep that, that's fine. It's that loving and having compassion for yourself, um, even if you would make a different choice, if you could do it again, right? It's like just that that forgiveness really is just like, I'm going to hold space for, for loving you. Yeah. Through this. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that, like, I, I saw that when I was going through infertility, a lot of, you know, some of the women are, have been, are trying when they're older. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, I should have, I should have had my baby sooner. Yeah. You know, I started to, I started to try when I was 34. So that thought came up for me too. It's like, why didn't I do this in my twenties? but then forgiving that part of you saying, you know, that was my life then. Like I forgive myself for not trying sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done. Do you remember some of the things that helped? I think making forgiveness and a practice and being okay, like having your own back, which is, you know, (laughs) right. Yeah. And I mean, this is, it's the exact same work that I do now. It's, it's so easy to beat yourself up for your choices and your decisions that mm-hmm. don't seem perfect. Yeah. But can you be willing to just have your own back and forgive yourself over and over and over again? Yeah. You know. I remember I was not a life coach when I had my abortion, um, as you were not a life coach when you went through infertility. Um, But I do remember thinking, there's no way I'm going to know if this is the right decision and I'm just going to have my own back. And now when I help people with decision-making before, right, it's like, make a decision 
act on the decision, feel all the feelings, and then have your own back, right? right. Like we don't know what we're going to feel until we feel it. Right. But if we have our own back, then we can learn from it. We can right. learn more of what we want in life, what we don't want in life, what we're capable of. But if we don't have our own back, it's really hard to learn from our experiences. We just kind of stay stuck. And it's hard to gain momentum forward. Yeah, because we're trying to make, you know, the perfect choice and like make the right decision, which how do we know what's right and what's wrong? Like who who told us all of that? Right. When you you were in your 20s, you thought it was not right to have kids, but then you were in your 30s, you're like, well, it would have been right to have kids in my 20s. Right, right. Hindsight's 50-50. It's like you just have to have your own back. I love that you said that. Yeah, and I wonder, like, you know, if you see if you see this in your practice too, where like women have so many expectations of how they're supposed to do things right. Like there's so much our culture really teaches us as women to really be perfect. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that through my infertility journey, through you know, launching my coaching practice you know, there's idea of like, I've got to follow all the rules and I've got to do it perfect. And I have to be nice and I have to please everybody. Yeah. I, f- I felt like all of that stuff had to go, Yeah. you know, in order to really fully show up as yourself. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I had a question earlier. You were not, you don't have to answer anything I ask. <laughs> no, I'm happy to. That's what I'm here for. I'm curious about the role of your um, cancer and cancer treatments. And did you move through a period of blame or like anger in that way? Like, and the parallel I think is um, maybe more for my listeners who've not had 100% success with birth control, right? Like there's this like blame of the thing that caused the problem. Um, yeah. Did you have that or? You know, I would say like, I think I have definitely have some medical trauma mm-hmm. because the treatment that was offered to me, I wasn't really given a choice. It was just, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I, I will say, you know, yes, my doctors didn't tell me to freeze my eggs. I was 21 at the time. That was not offered to me. Wow. It was not a conversation that they had with me. So I think there is still some anger there um, and a general distrust of medicine. And that's one of the reasons I went on to become a homeopath because I just, mm-hmm. I thought I can't trust this because it did me wrong. Yeah. So I, to be honest, I'm still repairing that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think, I don't know that there's anything that we ever fully heal up, right? Like right. new things are going to be like, oh, that's still there. I still have some work there. Yeah. Um, it's just getting to a place that you feel empowered enough to move forward, keep stepping forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we went to the fertility clinic and um, they suggested to have an IVF, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because of my medical trauma. I was just, I didn't trust the doctor. I didn't trust it was going to work. I looked at the stats. I was like, no, it's not going to work. 
So that's part of my journey of repairing my relationship with modern medicine yeah. and, and my repairing my relationship with doctors. So I'm still kind of yeah. in it. Yep. Yeah. I understand that. I understand yeah. that. I think a lot of us are. And um, for my listeners, there's this reintroduction of um, like having healthy, intimate, sex lives and how do I do that safely how do I trust birth control again how do I trust someone prescribing again how do I trust my body how do I trust my partner like again a lot of the same things that we have to work through yeah but you know what it doesn't feel good obviously but maybe there's like an opportunity there for you to reevaluate and redecide everything that you'd already decided. Yeah. You know, um, it's like, it's almost like an opportunity to look at everything that you had made an assumption about with regards to your intimacy, your body, medicine. So there's kind of a gift there. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it, but that's kind of how I see it. Do I agree? I think there's so many gifts in our, in our pain and in our struggle. Um, do you ever think, well, I can, I have good evidence to, to connect infertility and my treatments, but like, what if I never would have been fertile? Like, what if that, like, I'm making this assumption that they're connected and maybe they're not. Like, have you ever played with those ideas? Oh yeah, definitely. I, um, I was working with a hypnotherapist and he said something, he said, you know, you're just assuming that your cancer treatment made your body weaker and gave you infertility, but like, what if the cancer treatment actually shows us that your body is stronger and that maybe infertility is unrelated? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I see that, like we, we love to assign meanings as human beings. Right, right. But yeah, what if this was gonna be part of my journey regardless? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have so much to thank this diagnosis for. Like it, it showed me that I'm meant to be a coach in the world helping other women. I wouldn't be doing that if that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we even have to get to the point where we're like, oh, I would have been infertile either way. But mm-hmm. just to get to the point where it's like, huh, I don't actually know. Yeah. Um, a lot of my listeners get to that place where they have chosen abortion and then they start questioning and then they imagine, oh, well, it, you know, it ended up being a pandemic. So I could have taken care of the baby. It ended up, you know, he ended up staying with me. So I could have had this baby um like that we just make up these stories as if they would have been the opposite truth but we don't know we don't don't know know. we don't know if the pregnancy we pregnancy we kept would have miscarried we don't know if it would have been you know an intense lifelong health concern for a child we we just don't know and so i find for myself and a lot of people it can comfort be comforting just to go like I don't really know but 
what do I have to work with right now? What do I want to create from that? Yeah. And like our brains want to know everything ahead of time, right? That, that gives us this sort of false sense of safety, but that's, that's not real. <laughs> you don't know until you do it. Yeah. yeah. So what is real safety? Real safety is, to me, it's really like loving yourself through it all. You know, thrown back. Yeah, like no, no amount of perfect decision making is going to create that for you. Mm -hmm. As long as you're human, you're going to be imperfect. So let's just like make peace with that. Right, right. And seeking internal support and internal validation and answers from within. And right been having some conversations this week with people who are on the fence about the vaccine, mm-hmm. um, the COVID-19 vaccine. And it's like, there's no right answer. It's just like everything else. It's like, you got to check in with you. You got to yeah. listen to yourself and you got to decide, can I have my own back no matter what I choose, no matter what happens? Because you could have it and face struggle. You could not have it and face struggle. Yeah. Um, I love that you you present it as an option for people because I know right now it's just like, you know, if you're if you're not taking it, you're immoral. If you're taking it, you're screwing everything up. It's like there's so much judgment around the issue yeah. rather than like helping each other make the best decision for us. Um, so yeah, I love I love that you present it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Just coming back inside, coming back inside. And I think that for you, it was your infertility that taught you to come back inside. For me, it was my abortion. Mm-hmm. And so both of us now get to show other people how they can use these really challenging. I mean, infertility and abortion are not challenging for everybody, but mm-hmm. for those of us who it is, where, you know, that's probably who's listening, right? Yeah, yeah. People who are like, oh, I couldn't get pregnant and then I adopted. Or people who are like, oh, I had an abortion and I was fine. Like they're generally not the ones who are seeking to turn that struggle into a gift to find ways to thrive regardless. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was a challenge for me. I grew up in India, you know, in, in India, you just there's an assumption you grow up, you get married, you have babies. Yeah. So I was like the anomaly that was like, just didn't didn't fit. Right. <laughs> right. And what does that mean about you? What? Do, yeah. What do other people make it mean about me? What am I making it mean about me? What does it actually mean about me? Right. All different questions. Yeah. Like, what story do I want to choose? You know? You know, do I want to continue to believe that I'm broken and, you know, that if I'm not a mom, then life is horrible? Or do I want to create something magical out of that, which is kind of what I'm doing? Yeah. And it's okay to change your story. Yeah. If you have a story you don't like, but you think it's really true and it can't be changed, it can. Yeah. (laughs) You can change your story. And if you don't like it, you can change it back again. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, you get trying on that we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, try on a new story and see if it leads you to a different place. Right, you get to have a say in all of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. do you remember how you um 
you said that you didn't talk about it for years and that um do you remember if it was more of the grief or the shame that kept you from talking about it it was the shame yeah there was so much shame yeah do you remember how because you said like you know in in india in my culture like this is what you do and if you don't do it something's wrong right so do you remember what helped you overcome that yeah yeah the shame i lived with for a long time and um what really helped me was that i can have shame and i can still love myself Mm -hmm. and what i had been doing before that was trying to get rid of the shame Mm -hmm. like i was like let me eradicate it how do i eliminate this tell me the thought work i want to get rid of it (laughs) and then when i said i can love myself it was like okay the shame can be present but I'm still a freaking badass. Wow. That's powerful. I I talk a lot about having that you can keep the regret if you want, but you don't, you know, you can still be a badass. Yeah. And the shame, that's true too, right? Like, it's okay. You can create whatever you want to create with all the pieces that you have. Yeah. Have you noticed the shame change over time? As you stepped into your badassery or <laughs> yeah, still there, but you're able to work around it. I think it sometimes still comes up, but I have practiced loving myself so much, no matter what, no matter how many times I fail, no matter how many times I screw up, no matter how many wrong decisions I make, I've just practiced loving myself and forgiving myself that when the shame comes up, I'm just like, it's okay you're here again. That's fine. Yeah. That's so fine. are you really a love coach? <laughs> <laughs> confidence sounds a little more like, oh, I need a confidence coach. So yeah. Love? No, no, I don't want that. That sounds awful. <laughs> confidence. I'll tell you the truth. It's just code for loving yourself exactly. completely and for being with your shame and loving yourself anyway. I mean, it's just self-love training. And yeah, so yeah, we, we, you know, I do confidence, but we, but I talk about shame all the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Uh, is there anything else you came expecting to share or, um, that came up during the, during our conversation that you want to share anything that you feel like someone needs to hear? Um, the only other thing I would say is, you know, this programming that we receive as women of you know what a good decision looks like and what a good woman looks like what you know how to do things well and perfectly like we really have to question all of that because we're following a bunch of rules that really weren't set out by us and i think part of our work as women is really to unlearn those rules and they're systemic. Yeah. They're, they're everywhere. So even if you think, well, I never really learned that, you know, yeah. my parents didn't teach me that, or my family didn't believe that. Like it's everywhere. There's yeah. so many rules and belief systems all around us that we don't always realize we're absorbing and we're believing, even if we don't want to. Yeah. And, and there's something about, you know, a woman really claiming her decision 
and owning her power. You know, a lot of us, our default is to think that we can't do what we want and be okay with our decisions. And I think abortion, infertility, anything that feels like a crisis is really an opportunity to do away with that. Something's popping into my head that's like, you know, just loving your womb, no matter what it's been through. Mm. Yes. What it's carried or not carried or how many times it's bled or not bled or all the things just like loving it as a part of you. That's some deep, literally deep work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And our wombs, you know, they, they tap into this, this creative power. Like it's really, it's really creativity is what it's about. It can make a baby, but, or not, but that creativity is like in us. Totally. I have a program that, um, some people work in after we've done more of the like one-on-one working through the hard feelings coaching, Mm -hmm called birthing a new you. And I think like, we don't necessarily birth babies, right? Mm -hmm. That's literally, we aborted those pregnancies, but we birth something else. Like we birth a new version of ourselves. And if you're infertile, maybe your womb doesn't carry space for a child. It carries space for like creativity and creation and the birth of something, it's still like fertile ground, even if it's not the way that it was supposed to be fertile ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like birthing yourself. Yeah. You're birthing yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was lovely chatting with you. I'm so glad you came on. I'm so glad you reached out. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, um, you can find me on my website. It's priyafairy.com or you can find two R's. Yeah. Um, or uh, you can find me on Instagram, priyafairyco. Awesome. We'll link to it all too, but some people like to just run over and find it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and for creating the space to have this amazing conversation. Yeah, I look forward to how we grow side by side here. Yeah. Years. For sure. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.